So we can't win for losing. Like that's just our reality is we are a generation of perpetual losers. That is what it means to be a millennial. And if we could accept that, then I think we could at least laugh and enjoy it. But we, we're a humorless group of people. This is Infants on Thrones. Baby steps. Who wants someone to preach to? The philosophies of men. I like magical toys. Who wants religion to? Mingled with humor. I don't believe in them. There will be many willing to preach to you the philosophies of men mingled with humor. We are evolving. Baby steps. You can buy anything this world of money. the good in everything look for the people who will set your soul free it always seems impossible until it's done look for the good in everyone all right give me your update josh what's going well, on well i i made a big decision for me me too. Um, interesting. Okay. Cool. Interesting. Um, what do we call that? Synchronicity. Co- Synchronicity. Yeah, I was going to say coincidence, but that's not as mystical. Coincidencey. <laughs> yeah. Coincidencey. Interesting. Synchronicity. Uh, yeah. Uh, I resigned from my position in the training world that. Uh, that I had, um, yeah. training adult therapists. And I just feel a mm-hmm. tremendous amount of peace. And, yeah. uh, I'm looking forward. It feels similar to my experience of leaving Mormonism. It was a, a big community to me, but this time around, um, I think I was able to do it in a lot more with a lot more awareness and clarity. And so far it's just been, really positive between me and all my colleagues. Um, they've been really cool. They've handled it really well. And uh, it's like a good example of an ending that's happening better than the ending between me and Mormonism. So it's just been cool. Well, that's, I think, what we're going to have to talk about then because there's so much there. Yeah. So much yeah. there. And, you know, you've told me a little bit about things that hasn't been recorded and published. How much do you want to talk about what your situation's been like? And especially in making these comparisons as you're doing to leaving the Mormon church, you know, because this this Gestalt therapy group, if I remember right, really helped you as you were leaving the Mormon church. It was where you found community and purpose and meaning. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then things in the last little bit have kind of gone in a certain way, I wonder if you want to talk yeah. about that. Yeah. Well, more than anything, I think it's just the, um, there's interesting human dynamics that the experience can, that I had, um, it highlights them and they are parallels within Mormonism. And there might be a way to do that. Um, in a more elegant way in a future episode where we can Mm. really, and I want to do that where I lay out just basic 
examples of, of um, human tendencies that happen at every level of human organization, starting with individuals to a, a dyad, to a community. There goes the balloons. Uh, <laughs> I have a, a new macbook pro and it has a feature that comes from iMessaging, which is if i make certain hand signals it will it will do things like confetti and balloons and right and up. fireworks and anyway so as i talk to glenn sexual gestures that are totally inappropriate <laughs> with animals we... i don't even know why <laughs> bestiality act is yeah that what you're right implying? Yeah. yeah yeah um <laughs> Which is hilarious for our our Mormon <laughs> our ex Mormon listeners of like the interview question about bestiality. Right. Yeah, it just it it's so funny. I mean, how much bestiality do you think is happening well, within the Mormon community? But it's the rural Utah Mormon community from whence these questions arose. So they were out there just getting it on with maybe the goats. I don't know. I'm not judging it. Have you ever met somebody from your Mormon life that engaged in bestiality? I don't think I can answer that. No, I can answer it. No, I haven't. <laughs> You're I, like, I it haven't. Was I, me. It, it was, was me. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was one of those things you said you wanted to talk about in a future episode, but we weren't quite ready for it yet. So you're, you're ready to talk about your bestiality now, Josh? No, I'm kidding. It all starts with the nude beaches. It starts with the nude beaches, and then you see like the breached whales, and you're like, eh. You see a sea otter looking at you a certain sea way. otter. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's hilarious. Um, no, but I, I don't know. There's part of me that so I haven't that some of the community members, many most of the community members that I trained, I have almost 100% confidence none of them will hear this. Mm -hmm. Um, but the, the community, I, appre I appreciate your confidence in that. I <laughs> guess <laughs> yeah, maybe I shouldn't right. have that. Um, <laughs> I, I just assume it. it's not, yeah, with our dozens of listeners that we're mm -hmm. not having that kind of a reach, but yeah. So part of me wants to not necessarily go into too many of the details about the personal experience at this point okay. until they know more. But what I'm open to talking about that I think is interesting is just the rigidification of worldview and how no matter yeah. where you go, you can come up against this thing. And what Gestalt therapy, its intention was to do is to have one of the most kind of liberal frames that is available that can inca encapsulate as many different ways of Gestalt means whole, right? Right. Gestalt means right. whole. Like so so Total. a framework yeah. that incorporates everything into right. one whole gestalt. Yeah. Right. And so that is a lens and it is a worldview. And we cannot escape that we must have one. So the goal isn't to transcend the ego, but rather understand its function. The goal isn't to eliminate a lens of meaning making, but rather understand how it's happening for everyone. And the lens that the Gestalt therapy uh, endeavor uh, has adopted to be able to do this is a lens that understands each individual human as a, org a self-regulating organism in its environment that based upon its needs, will organize meaningful units of, of data and that it senses and perceives in order to meet its needs. And this process undergirds all meaning that every human makes. And it 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 precedes myth, story, legend, yeah. everything comes from 
the it precedes language it precedes language and Words. it's a need yes yeah. all of it this need it's, it's created by these neurons in our brain that aren't speaking english to each other <laughs> right exactly exactly and so but i don't know if it's created by the neurons or if it's just like managed by the neurons i mean there's so much about neurons that we just really don't know but. well even with neurons that you bring up that is you organizing a specific uh meaning making around a thing that is observable in the world which exists but that you cue in on and organize around and give meaning to to make sense of phenomena in order to meet your need to understand what's happening yeah and we could say other ways of doing that. My favorite example always goes back to Southeast Asia. They organize what we call schizophrenia as demonic possession. Right. They look at certain variables in their environment. They organize around them and they have better treatment outcomes for the demonically possessed than we do in the West with our organizing around the brain and the material organic things. And then we give... Um, uh, heavy medication for these experiences we organize and call schizophrenia. And so this is a great example of two meaning making systems organizing around different variables of a similar issue, and then meaningfully relating to them in order to uh, develop a project for healing. And they're doing better than we are with theirs. So is either one of them true? Maybe both have truth to them. And both are manufactured between the organism and its environment meaningfully to serve needs that exist within the um, the being. Nice. I like so it. that's what Gestalt therapy intends to do. That's its field theoretical lens. However, we are currently living in a world where in the vacuum of civic centers, of religious centers, of moral centers of of ethics or whatever different things have stepped up to replace some of these inherent human needs and give people purpose and meaning and righteousness and status and all the things we talk about and one of the more recent iterations is a totalitarian one world view which is developed really extremely on the left uh, that looks at um, differences in outcomes for humans and it seeks to describe them meaningfully based on um, access to power. And this this ideology, we could we could call it um, wokeness. We could call it whatever we want. There's different names for it, but it's prevalent and heavily dominating social science, where it has immense amount of impact, purchase, and and validity. And it punishes heavily those that oppose it, and it rewards those that identify with it. And it operates um, in a similar way as the Mormon worldview in that it operates with impunity to those that differ from it. It does not recognize that it is a way of organizing and meaning, making meaning out of the world based on its variables, which it privileges and gives meaning to and organizes around. And I'm not even saying it's bad. I want to just say it has functions that are similar to the functions that happen within any one world view. Science is another one world view. Um, they're not bad. They're certain things, or I'd rather say scientism, um, because I think scientism is a religious orientation around science versus the actual scientific project, which is to question itself and is useful. But um, <clears throat> within the world of, of psychology and psychotherapy, there is a 
kind of one worldview that is becoming fixed and becoming foundational and it's and to question it itself is heresy and so this is not unique to um to gestalt therapy by any means it's it's in it's deeply embedded in in all of the universities in the united states right now this kind of ideology and it also exists heavily within the world of psychology and it operates by making meaning and its meaning doesn't allow itself to be acknowledged or questioned it it subsumes itself as a primary worldview that is the truth capital t and opposition to it is organized as um in different ways that invalidate the person attempting to digest the meaning or make sense of it or look at how it's functioning and this is essentially what happens in mormonism when asking questions about mormonism itself is a sin and it's called um doubt and the thing affiliated with it that a person does is they read anti-mormon literature so it defines any of the viewpoints themselves that would challenge the belief as evil and so this development of of a kind of singular one world view that that functions to insulate itself from any meaningful analysis or criticism is something that I have a difficulty with. Um, and it doesn't mean I disagree with even some of the intention or goals behind something like that in that in this. <clears throat> it's really the, the ability to talk about it, to, to, to freely to explore metabolize it. it, to metabolize it, to bring it into the human system, to integrate and, it and make it equal to all other meaning making systems it cannot mm. become special and insulated the one true meaning making system exactly and so opposition to it becomes organized as sin mm. so in the world of something on the far left analyzing it or looking at it or applying logic to it or trying to understand it and speak about what how it functions and what it does is itself seen as sexist racist and homophobic or whatever isms you want to put on it but these are basically insults to the person attempting to do something to bring the ideology back down to the human and say, this is just another one of the lenses we can apply. It has certain variables that it looks at. It has certain meanings that it's interested in exploring, and it has certain function to do something between the organism in the environment. And it may be very well based on real actual and and i believe in many cases is based on real differences that humans experience in access to you know all the things that exist in the world there obviously the world is not fair obviously the world has a history of people exploiting abusing manipulating controlling dominating each other and this is inherent to the human experience but one variable for example that gets left out in an analysis of power is the idea that is inherent to many of these systems is that power comes through um, abuse and tyranny. And it doesn't look that power can come from ability and skill. So the variable of ability and skill is, is ignored. And the only meaning making that is permitted is uh, tyranny, exploitation, domination, yeah. and et cetera. And it doesn't look at the, the service and the dedication required to develop a skill to even be able to have capacity to do something. Mm. So that's just one example of one of the ways that that system can organize ability it and and some of the variables it may miss when it looks at these things. Um, so this is kind of a preview of what you want to talk about in a future episode. I you're kind of like working through it right now, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying <laughs> the things I'm really comfortable talking about today 
yeah. is that the world of psychology and psychotherapy has been basically what exists is a one world view about reality that has pervade it, it's 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 infected the the thinking in this world and that thinking outside of these or being able to just analyze look at discuss and engage with it meaningfully has been it has taken on the kind of same functions and features that I became acquainted with in Mormonism, that if you try to look at it and analyze and understand it, it has ways of of making you bad for doing that, which allows the ideas to persist unquestioned. And uh, that it, it, it essentially, yeah, I want to go over all these things later. But as far as today goes, I just want to say this isn't unique to kind of what I would call far left ideology. <clears throat> It's not unique to Mormonism. It's not unique to science. It's not unique to the Spanish Inquisition. Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. Insert Monty Python here. Yeah, exactly. No, truly. <laughs> yeah. Like it, it is the same thing. It, it's, it's these things where we can laugh at these human foibles, which is it's essentially looking at ego function at the, at the community level. Yeah. And, and so in my pursuit and my dedication for authenticity, for a deeply disciplined, rooted field theoretical approach, and for a psychotherapy model that has no interest in integrating people into society or getting people to rebel against society, but simply seeks to develop greater awareness and psychological development within people such that they can live more meaningful lives is the project that I pursue and that drove me to eventually um, seek to go my own way where I could be more free to operate uh, under that that type of framework, a framework that is strictly around personal awareness and psychological development in service of a, a rich and more meaningful life for individuals that are experiencing and participating in psychotherapy and psychotherapy related events with me. Um, and also to increase quality of their self-relationship, their relationships with others, et cetera, et cetera. So in, in desire to be able to do that unencumbered, um, I, I've made the decision to step down uh, from leadership in a community that I love and respect and admire and I value them and I wish the leadership there extremely well and I hope that they succeed and I believe that they will um, train many very wonderful great therapists and they will probably be friendly at the least and devout to the common worldview that is held predominantly within psychology at this time which is is kind of the far left anti-oppression lens that they look through, that they see the world through and that they believe is the one world view and that viewing the world outside of that is essentially reestablishing white supremacy. It's kind of their... their How close their, are you to lines. being burned at the stake by this group? And is it possible to purchase tickets for that event? So I can um, see it, like be there? It actually, th that's like the thing. Like kind of cheer you on? Well, they, they aren't really, they aren't going to do that. Um, the people that I've spoken to for the most part have been extremely supportive in the um, the leadership and even the ones that I have disagreements with around these issues more specifically. 
they're extremely respectful and, and kind about it. So I don't think that's going to happen. I think what's going to happen is I'm going to go my own way. I'm going to develop my own, you know, my hope would be men's retreats and also couples retreats. I think those are two areas that I would like for wellness and also personal development. Um, I think couples retreats could be really, really rewarding and fun um, and uh, helping people uh, helping couples connect and more and deepen their relationships yeah. as well as bringing people individually. So I don't really want to deal with therapists anymore. <laughs> I, I don't particularly love interacting with them. I I'm kind of a, as far as millennials go, of which I'm one of, I say, we are the worst generation to ever live. Kill them all. Start <laughs> with me. We deserve no sympathy. We are a what? reject. Yes. I'm very anti-millennial. Wow. Yeah. And I am one, but I, I mean it. Kill them all. Start with me. The what? world would be a better place without us. No, 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 no. You can't really mean this though. Like you got to be saying this tongue in cheek. You really, it, you really feel that way about yourself like, and your whole generation. It's slightly tongue in cheek, but we are an insufferable group of ingrates and degenerates. Oh, it is, brother. it is, it is, it is seriously just like I would rather the company of Gen Xers, Boomers, and and Zoomers any day mm. over my own. There are a select few of the old millennials like me that I like, <laughs> but by and large, I just find- I, I think you need to say grumpy old millennials like you. I, we need to add the kind of like the grumpy old men. Grumpy old self-hating Grumpy old white men. Grumpy old privileged. white self-hating millennial. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I stand by that. I can barely stand any of them. Some of the- youngest millennials that are almost zoomers become tolerable as well why why what is it that makes them intolerable to you josh i think that they got we got infected by a type of style of thinking about the world that is such a loser attitude and we came by it honestly because the world was better when we started and it rapidly got shitty for really? us i think so i think Millennials should be understood this way. We were in the middle of a bridge over from one part of the world to another part of the world where life was awesome. And if you get across this bridge, you get to have a house, you get a permanent job, you get to be able to have a family. And we were halfway across the bridge and it broke and we all <laughs> fell into this pit. And so we're down here in this pit. And the on one side, you have Gen X, who is the last generation that got the benefits of the of the booming 50s they have homes they have reasonable jobs they're able to have kids they're able to function somewhat with their basic needs they got out of school with relatively little debt they were able to experience the dot-com boom they could get you know they had access to more material success based on their efforts and then they had more available options in the environment to interact with and then and then you have millennials or then on the other side you, rather you have zoomers that either didn't exist or were just babies when this happened. And they saw all of us fall into the pit and they're like, I'm not doing that. They're like, there's no way in hell I'm going to go get a hundred thousand dollars in student debt for these stupid degrees. They kind of saw where the world was going, but the millennials, it's like, we almost, we believed that we could get an education and go buy a house and have a functional life. And that our education would reward us monetarily. And if we just got a good degree, things would be good. That's what our, our boomer parents told us, you know, if you do all these things. So we did all the things they told us. We were obedient little show dogs. And then we all realized none of that works in the real world. 
none of those arrangements are still available and we will never have homes. We will never functionally be able to have a household income where one of the persons can primarily take care of children. It's going to require everybody to work. And then we're fed this, this ideology that we ingested that's turned us massively against each other and ourselves, which is metastasized into this kind of men and women hating each other and demonizing each other and all the races hating each other. And that's like the millennial attitude. Wow. That's really bleak, Josh. That's what that's we bleak. are. Well, is I it? know my own kind. We are. I think it's because you live in Seattle and no. it's so like cloudy there all the time. That's hilarious. <laughs> you it don't see is. the sun. That's probably true. If I saw the sun, I wouldn't say any of this. If you if you were sitting here in Arizona and you had so much sunshine, you'd be like, everything's great. I love my generation. No, millennials are awesome. What's um, what's redeemable about millennials? What's there to like? I guess that's a, a question I have. What do we what have we brought to the world? What is we have Mark Zuckerberg who created the worst website to ever exist, um, <laughs> which is Facebook and Instagram which is like basically mining all of your data and selling it to corporations to be able to manipulate and control you. Yeah. I'm trying to think of any other millennial who's even done anything that's on a global scale recognizable. So that's, that's the standard for uh value what's our contribution? and success. Well, and... what's our, what's our greater contribution to society? Have we done anything? Do we have in the world Swift? today? Have Taylor you helped Swift. anyone in need? Wait, Taylor have you Swift? cheered up the sad and made someone feel glad? If not, this generation has failed indeed. I, I've heard this before somewhere. <laughs> um, Taylor Swift. You you ended think, at Taylor Swift. I well, I was thinking Taylor Swift's probably a millennial. I'm pretty sure she's a millennial. And she's a billionaire entertainer who's changing the world of the stadium tour. That's wow. that's prolific. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I and I'm pretty sure Katie she's Perry. Katy Perry's miserable human. I loved her. I loved her in teenage. Uh, what was the the album that had all the hits? And then she I don't became know. Like, she became so. Know. Yeah, she went from like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how much how hard I want to swing for the fences and alienate myself <laughs> from from anybody with with this with my rants. Um, it's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. I I mean it I I don't be, know yeah. I. For, for for me, I'm so unplugged and detached from it. I just don't even have enough information about millennials to form an opinion. Yeah, you don't it. understand how terrible we are. I don't. I don't. I just you don't see it that way. You need to hang out with more of us. Hang out with more millennials. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Spend more time with millennials. Glenn. I think we should do an episode where we get you hanging out with millennials and just observe your <laughs> demeanor turn into basically. What age, is the, what age is constitutes millennials? Okay, so I'm one of the oldest. I'm 39. You okay. might say there's some people who are 40 that are on the, like, that would be 83. I think I've seen it go as far back as even 81. But I believe that I am the first millennial that's like actual millennial, and that's 84. I think. Is that like how 80, Joseph Smith said that he was better than Jesus? Yeah. You're, you're like the first I millennial. Better, I am better than Jesus. <laughs> and and I'm better than Joseph Smith. Uh, no, Jesus and Joseph Smith Millennium actually. Millennium polls. You might want to hate on either one, but they, they, it's like hating. It's, it's, if you can't, I don't hate them, it. I can't, I can't imagine hating any of them. I can't, I don't hate them. 
I can't hate them because they did more than I, I just, I respect the, I respect the, what is it? The, um, what's the word for it? It's the hustle. I respect the hustle. Joseph Smith got all the ladies, got all, like, everything. He didn't get all of them. He got a lot of ladies. I what was the one ladies. dude he didn't get that left? And that know. basically there was one guy he tried to get his wife and that guy actually had the cojones to leave. And I think that was when they went and destroyed the printing press that that guy was going to print like Joseph's getting all the ladies. William Law? No, I think it was. I think that's who it was. He tried to go after his. No, ladies. but but it was it was it was the way am that I, just, I remember that story was that it? the way that I remember it is that Joseph offered to Emma that she could go be with William Law. And that was like a non-starter for either one of them. But I don't remember him like trying to go after William Law's wife and getting turned down. Maybe I, I remember him going after Nancy Rigdon and getting turned down by her. And the letter that he wrote to her is still published in one of our like one of the LDS things. Uh, it's funny that it's out there because it was basically him trying to convince her to be with him and some kind of lines like the Lord's prepared many ways of happiness. And we can't, you know, like say no to things just because we don't understand them. And you know, like, it's like you, you use that in any other kind of context. Anyway, it's funny, but uh, yeah. So with, with the millennial thing, the, the age you, you, you put as like 39, 40 is the top. What, what's the, the younger side of it? Like 26, 30. It's where, probably it's probably somewhere around the cutoff. And again, these blur, depending on who you look at, it's probably around that. Um, so there's 84, probably, is this, it seems small. Let me just look it up. Let me see what people are saying. Okay. Cause I, I want to say 95, but part of me is like, Oh, is that, yeah. is that really, that's only 10 years. That seems short. Cause I feel like boomers yeah, my, were a lot longer. My oldest daughter was born in 96. The very last hour of the very last day, <laughs> uh, December thirty first, eleven o three p.m. Happy wait, birthday wait. coming up, Shaylee. Shaylee, shout mm -hmm. out! You're one of us, honey. The worst generation of ever uh, to ever live. So she probably would agree with you. I think she would. I think yeah. most millennials, and maybe we should do a survey. If you're a millennial, do you believe we are the worst generation to ever live? Yes or no? Most of us would say yes. Um, That's so sad. I'm confident that most of us would understand because we know each other that we are the worst generation to ever live. But would they, but are you saying that like tongue in cheek? Like, is that kind of the whole millennial? Like, yeah, we're, we're the best at being the worst kind of thing. And the little feather in your millennial caps. There's part of me that's slightly tongue in cheek. And part of me like really <laughs> thinks like we probably are the most annoying. Just... No way. No, yeah. way. no way. Partially, I believe it. Yeah. So 81 to 96. So I think Kaylee made it. She, was it Kaylee? Shaylee. Yeah. Sorry, sorry Shaylee. Yeah. Shaylee made it. You're one yeah. of us, baby. Welcome right. to the worst. Okay. So um, I don't know. I, I like I like hanging out with millennials. I mean, I'm I'm pretty I'm I'm pretty much a hermit in most of the things that I do. But I did start working at Trader Joe's last uh, April. So mm -hmm. I was between jobs, working on my degree to become a therapist, mm -hmm. which I don't think I'm going to do now. What? But I know that's my big decision, but we haven't Holy gotten to that. Holy cow. And, uh, and I love the people that I work with that are in that age group and younger. And I, I don't know. It's just, I find people interesting and they're, 
experiences in life and their journeys and the things that they think and feel and believe. I just find all that stuff so fascinating that it's hard for me to really get to that place of like, this is the worst ever. Yeah. <laughs> or something like that. Or it hasn't, con- this generation hasn't contributed anything to society or stuff like that. I, we've I, contributed I don't know. I'm to so society. interested in people. We've contributed to society. It's just what we've contributed to, si- to society has made society worse. I see I my my overall view of things and it's kind of this weird thing like I I, I feel like <laughs> here's here's now where we get into like the the woo territory let's that get into the, the woo territory it's funner than what I was ranting about that earlier. the evolution of consciousness on this planet yeah. is moving towards a single consciousness of the planet yeah. and that that humans are a piece of it kind of like we have like bacteria that are part of our bodies and things like that. Like we're all contributing to this overall Gaia consciousness or something like that is kind of a feeling that I have. Mm. And that some of the moves that we've seen in the last few generations, like having the internet, having all, you know, it's so easy to connect with people and to uh, be outraged at all of the things that are a problem with the world. And I, I feel like that's been like this pressure cooker that is bringing people together. That's merging us towards this single consciousness thing. And that it's all a good thing because we're working out the shit and it's, yeah, there's a lot of shit to work out. And this generation is one of the first ones confronted with this kind of technology that makes the shit come out of the shadows and the light that you see it. And so these, these reactions, we can't have any more of this toxic shit, whether it's coming from this area, this area, that, and we kind of go this way and overreact in this way. And then we overreact in that way. And we overreact in that way because nature kind of is that way and the way that we uh, influence and impact each other. But I, I kind of, I, I saw a documentary a few years ago. I don't remember what it's called, but it was about a uh, indigenous tribe in Brazil that still lives in the rainforest. And they they see the uh more i hate using the word civilized but the more civilized people across the river from them and they go and they raid them and they do all this stuff it was really interesting documentary but as i was thinking about it it seems like there has been an evolution on this planet of groups of humans that are small uh like then they they join together it's almost like little bits of mercury that are small pieces and then they touch each other and they become bigger and they become bigger and they become bigger. And we've got these, these bigger monocultures that uh, do tend to take over things like you were talking about earlier. And it just mm-hmm. kind of keeps growing and growing and growing. And eventually it'll be this one planet thing. And, and we're still working towards it and we're going through all these growing pains, but I, I, I kind of frame things in that, um, that that's my worldview, uh, my metaphysics of that. And so where I put millennials in that is like this poor generation that got put into this information sieve where mm-hmm. they're being pushed together in certain ways and it's hard and good on them for doing it. You know, like my heart goes out and I'm part of it too. You know, I'm, I'm part of the, the, the wave of what's going on. Um, what's the movie where the guy, like, is it called green mile where he like eats the sin or whatever? Mm, the, that's the prison it's been a yeah. long time since i've seen green mile i don't remember yeah i think there's a guy that like essentially will like consume the evil out of things and he'll digest it i think mm. that's his 
<laughs> let me see Grimo. That's so that's what the, that's what the millennial we, generation is. We, the... we are that character. That's yeah. The... So there's your contribution to the world. We're consuming the vileness of the world and 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 digesting it in. Um, uh, we're we're cleansing the world. We are the we are the metabolizer of of evil. Anyway, point is, our generation, if anything. According to you, is like that character that eats the disease out of people and he takes it into himself. But the result is that we're insane. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, we're, we're living organisms on this planet that's moving things towards this, you know, like this planet that's like an egg that's about to hatch, which is a terrible analogy, but it's kind of the way that I see it. It's more like an energetic thing than like physical material so eggs you hatching. See it, you see it as uh, the one world conscious is good. I, I, I see it as, I mean, this is really weird, Josh, but like the, the molecules that form things in my body, mm -hmm. um, are this habit of nature, this pattern of nature that's developed over time that started with just like random atoms and the cosmos churning and moving around and environmental conditions just right. And, and things move into these patterns and, humans have grown out of this planet and we're also part of nature and we're also swirling and moving around and all of these things. And so we're going, we're <laughs> like, I think that the molecules in my body um, are anyway, this is going way too deep and, and, and weird, but these are things that I've been thinking about recently, Josh, how ev everything, like how humans and the, the culture that we're living in, like it's happening. We're here, we're experiencing it, but there's so much more going on that we get focused on these little things and don't see the <laughs> forest for the trees. I'm talking to a gestalt therapist. Anyway. I like it. I'm, I'm thinking about that. You're kind of talking about just basically things organizing into higher and higher order, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, constantly yeah. from, yeah, we're, we are made out of stuff that's been organized mm -hmm. um, and it's intelligent stuff that has mm -hmm. been doing this for such a long time. And here we're riding this little wave of it and we're aware of a little small piece of it. And we're making all these judgments about how shitty and terrible it is. And we all that we hardly can even see what's going on. We don't really even know the whole picture. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so from that lens, it's like, don't hate on the millennials. They're just well, you can hate on the millennials the if you want. I'm fascinated by it. I'm not telling you not to. Right. But like your position is I won't hate on the millennials because this is just this is just another generation of people. Maybe what I don't like is our response just seems so. It's so hard to just it just seems so whiny and complainer. And, and like, and like, that's the oh. pot calling the kettle black, Josh, you're like whining and complaining about millennials and saying, maybe the thing I don't like about millennials, they whine yeah. and complain. Yeah, no, this is not pot <laughs> calling the kettle black. This is me. If you remember, my first phrase was kill them all. Start with me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but that you're saying, that, but, that, that, but so the, the thing that you're saying that you don't like about millennials the is the thing that you don't like about yourself. Is that it? Yes. Okay. We, well, in a sense, I, I think that what would redeem millennials is if we could just accept the way that the world is, 
what happened to us is we were promised a different world than we got yeah. and we never stopped complaining about it. And what we need to do is accept that that's bullshit. We were fed by people that had a different world than we inherited and we inherited a totally different reality. And my deceased brother, Paul said something. He said, our grandparents told us how hard they had it and how easy we have it. He said, when we have our kids, we're going to tell them how good we had it and how hard it is again. And he was right because it went up and it went down. And millennials were the generation that is experiencing the decline of society. And Zoomers are born into the decline. So they're already adapted to it. They're not having their dreams burst. They never had dreams. They, We are Batman and they are Bane. We've gone to them and they're like, millennial i was born in the dark <laughs> and 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 they understand reality as it is and they'll beat our ass when we come against it. zoomers own more property they own they have better success their lives are better than ours because they understood the world as it is we're heartbroken over the world that we wish we could have had that doesn't exist anymore and the xers got the world and don't give a shit and are just probably happy and and boomers are dying so that's that's where we're at but i guess we're a heartbroken upset very annoyed group of people who thought it was supposed to be easier than it is and that's what i think we could improve on is a, a attitude adjustment that just says all right the house burned down we got to face that now and we got to live in the wild like yeah. these crazy little zoomers that are because the house the house that burnt down like i the I don't feel like the house got burnt down. I feel like the house got stolen out from under no. our noses. And right, nine eleven. We get, and we started crash. getting charged. We started getting charged rent, where before we were living there for free, by these people that have moved in and told us, okay, this is our house now. Like I, I, I do see that, like these systems that you're talking about of like um, going to school to get a degree and. Uh, ringing up all this debt that then yeah. that's no guarantee you're going to be able to turn around and like make up money that you're going to pay off School. all that student loan debt. Like that system has been hijacked by people yeah. who want to exploit people that are going into that system. School is for fools. And the Gen Zers know that. And they've rejected that path. Yeah. Millennials, we bought in, we went all in on that. We, we bought at the peak and then the market collapsed. That is the quintessential understanding of a millennial experience is we bought at the at the top and the market went to shit and now gen zers are buying at the bottom and it's starting to come back and they're succeeding so we can't win for losing like that's just our reality is we are a generation of perpetual losers that is what it means to be a millennial and if we could accept that then I think we could at least laugh and enjoy it. But we, we're we a humorless group of people. We're essentially this hyper eggshell walking little group of people that want to be righteous in order to make the world get back to where it was, where I think the Zoomers are basically nihilists. They're just completely, you know, they don't even have these issues. And then the Xers were happy. I just, the thing that's irredeemable about millennials is the the lack of sense of humor. Because I think we had it and we lost it. And that we 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 gave in to the the difficulties and lost our sense of humor. And that would be my greatest annoyance of of millennials is actually that. But and maybe that's what I'm trying to do here in all this ranting is just say, 
can we stop crying and start laughing instead? Millennials. And if you are yeah. a millennial that's laughing and having a good time, then I join you in it. And I say, let us, let's go forward and laugh at the hilarity of existence. All right. But the, the woe is me. I could have had it all. We sound like Napoleon dynamite character, uncle Rico, that's complaining yeah. about how he almost won a state championship. Yeah. That's, that's kind of the, at the core of a lot of what I don't like about millennials is that attitude. Uh, poor uncle Rico. Yeah. He could have, if coach would have put him in. Yeah. One state could throw that ball over that mountain. Yeah. Yeah. So when millennials aren't doing that, I say we have some possibility for redemption, you know, but All right. I'm kind of joking. I mean, to our millennial listeners, I got I some good you. sound bites out of it. They're going to appear at the front of the episode. You know, I've been listening for them. And I, when I heard them, I went, okay, yeah, that's kind of nice. I'm going to put that in there. I like it. Yeah. But I'll tell you, Josh, um, we've only got like about. I like to hate on millennials. I like I like to be hard on myself and my own people because I think it makes us stronger and we can rise to meet the challenges we face. Right. I don't think it's cool when we get bogged down and our attitude breaks and we're just so dejected. And I think we have had a hard roll of the dice. It's been very difficult to be raised through the world as it's adapting and changing rapidly. And so the more serious part of me that's not just kind of tongue in cheek and lashing out and kind of having a good time bashing on my own people is I want us to cheer the fuck up and, and enjoy it again and, 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 and learn to deal with the hand we've been dealt. That would be something that would make me proud of my generation. If we can start to really face that and laugh and enjoy each other and just have a good time. I laugh. Yeah. Because what's important to me is to have more humor in the world. I agree. To to help agree. reclaim the humor that was lost in the previous or in the, the generation that came after. Yeah. To help us millennials out. Yes, help us yeah, laugh again. To help you. Yeah. We want the learn millennials to, to learn to laugh again. You will never own a home or have a family <laughs> or a loving spouse and children that care about you. But at least stop being so insufferable. Yeah. That's the like, message. We got a few years to fly on airlines before they sucked, you know? That's Zoomers nice. will never know that world. Yeah. All right. Well, I got to run, Josh. Any okay. any final words? There's a lot more about everything I've ranted about that I could say that's probably, I don't know. Well, I'm, I, I, I'm annoying myself. I feel like I'm backtracking. I don't want to backtrack. Let's just end it. Okay. I don't want to. I don't want to explain myself. All right. Thanks. Fun. All right. We'll talk again next week. Then. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. Put down the weapons that you use against yourself. You don't need them anymore. Lay down the weapons that you use against the world. We don't need another war. Put down the weapons that you use against yourself. Hi, this is Hillary, Matthew, Ryan, Carol, Dashley, and I like to play bingo online while listening to Infants on Thrones. You can comment on this episode on the website, infantsonthrones.com. And if you really like what you hear, give the quorum a five-star rating and write a short review on iTunes. I did. I did. I did. Anyone for the closing prayer? My worst crime is an inside job. Dark thoughts taking over like an inside mob. I tune into the scene between the eyes. And take a breath. Thank you for listening to Infants on Front. I sit still and watch the thoughts flow past me. Never mind the future, never mind what the past be. I like to jump and let the universe catch me. Three, four, watch the beauty blow past me. 
I keep my pockets light, destination in sight. Keep my actions elevated to compassionate heights. I'm walking past the fight, laying down on such a night. Choosing love when I pick up this mic. So we 